0: Welcome to FIC Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income credit currency and commodities strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence FIC Research
1: Team. Welcome to the FIC Focus podcast, Macro Matters Edition. My name is Ira Jersey. I'm the chief U.S. interest rate strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence, the research arm of Bloomberg LP. With me today is Hugh Worthington, and we are discussing our deep dive research into the G3 plus rates environment and what we expect for 2024. Hugh, thanks very much for coming back on FIC Focus.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Ira.
1: So in our report that we put out today, we have a summary of our views for the United States, Europe, the UK, as well as Japan. Uh, we also have a little review of the, uh, of the global relative value environment. Um, one of the big pieces and big theses that we have is that um, while the while Europe, the UK, and the US may be in a uh, start of a, a cutting cycle this year, that it'll be asynchronous with Japan And we think that the Japanese uh, are going to continue to uh, have hawkish activity, including maybe some interest rate hikes, but most importantly, the reduction of yield curve control or the elimination of yield curve control that could actually, at least in the near term, roil some markets. Um, In the U.S., our view is that the the Federal Reserve is going to cut interest rates this year uh, and the Treasury market will subsequently rally on the back of that. But uh, but another part of the, our thesis is that the, the market, the, the Federal Reserve won't cut as aggressively as the market's pricing. So the market's basically pricing for seven interest rate cuts in a year's time. And, in, uh, and, and I think that they do um, about half of that, three or four interest rate cuts instead of the seven interest rate cuts that are priced before January of 2025. Um, the implication of that is that the yield curve won't uninvert quite as quickly as the market's pricing either. Um, um, you know, that being said, um, there's significant reasons to think that, yes, the market might rally, but that it will be a slower rally than in the past. And in particular, we go through very comprehensively the, uh, the supply situation and how much debt the, the Treasury Department is going to be issuing over the course of the year and how that might persist into 2025 and 2026 fiscal years, um, thereby meaning that there's going to be this, this abundance of supply uh, in an environment where, uh, where demand might be picking up but it might not be able to pick up as quickly as, uh, uh, and absorb all of the supply that's coming out. So you'll so you wind up with rallies that occur in fits and starts as the Federal Reserve eases policy rate and as inflation starts to come down and the uh, economy uh, flags just a little bit more. Um, Hugh, do you want to talk a little bit about what you talk about and, and what's included in your pieces, uh, in your sections on the Eurozone uh, rates market as well as the U.K.?
0: Yeah, so it's a little bit of a similar story to uh, to, to your story there, Ira. Really, um, you know, we are expecting the, uh, the European Central Bank to start cutting rates. Um, probably not as early as the market was expecting uh, yeah, the the ECB to start cutting earlier this month. You know, at one point, the market was expecting about a 70% chance of a cut in March. We don't think really they're going to get moving until until June, and that's partly because. They seem to be desperate to sort of burnish their inflation-fighting credentials. They, they you know, they want to, they want to sort of, sort of, say they want to hang on as late as possible before they start cutting. Um, and you know, I, I think that that's one of the reasons why they'll probably, you know, it will be very much, um, you know, second half of the year back-ended when they do start to cut. Uh, but I suspect that when when they do start, they will, they will, they will go, you know, relatively aggressively. The economy in the euro area certainly isn't holding up anything like as well as it is for example in America or even to even in places like the UK actually um, and the inflation outlook again is uh, is starting to look probably you know quite attractive to for them to cut in the second half of year we expect in headline inflation will dip you know below the two percent target in the second half of the year and at that point they will probably get, you know get their skates on and, and start to cut um, but back to that other point as well. The uh, the other point about the supply side, I think that does remain a bit of a, a concern in the euro area. Probably not so much for the big core issues like sort of Germany and and, and what have you. But um, there is a sort of concern as to how places like Italy and possibly Spain might fund themselves. To give you an idea as to the amount of um, ca- new cash that needs to be found in the euro area, well, um, r- roughly the, the official. Uh, plans that we've seen released so far uh, see see a a headline net bond issuance need of around sort of 430 billion euros but they're obviously doing QT now um, and they're going to add to that QT burden in the second half of the year and they add some of the pandemic QT bonds that they, they bought during the pandemic and that is they don't tell you exactly how much that's going to add to the net issuance needs but uh, I suspect that it's at the bare minimum of a sort of a quarter of a trillion euros. So you know we're talking up upwards of 670 to 700 billion euros of, of of new buyers that need to be find found for, for eurozone debt. Um, and you know that that is always a concern as to where it's going to come from. And and again, when we look at what's going on in Japan, Japan has proved to be a big big buyer of that eurozone debt in the past, partly driven by ultra low government bond yields there. Uh, they've probably, in the last 10, 12 years or so, added somewhere between three and 400 billion euros to their holdings, and that's starting to reverse now, and that could make matters, obviously, more difficult again. And I think it's really, like I say, it's not so much the, um, the, the, the burden that places on places like Germany, because the high yields there seem to be attracting people back in, foreigners in particular, but in um, places like Italy, where foreigners uh, are, are, in particular, are a bit less keen to to uh, be sort of so heavily invested and who is going to buy all that debt, um, it's going to become, I think, much more of an issue for the markets as we move through 2024.
1: So uh, you mentioned quantitative tightening there, um, Hugh, and in the United States, we have a large a whole section of, about quantitative tightening and what we expect in, in the U.S. I think it's a little bit different in the U.S. as far as um, a monetary policy tool at this point, and I do think that quantitative tightening is going to be somewhat disconnected from rate policy, at least in, uh, in the U.S., primarily because the reserves that are being held by banks is um, are, are not Yet shrinking, thanks to the reverse repo facility continuing to kind of absorb some of the uh, some of the f- the funding needs uh, for the banks. And uh, but over time, uh, it w- as reserve balances uh, fall later this year, um, it's very possible that the that quantitative tightening will will slow or maybe even end. Uh, that's been talked about by the Fed, and and that is another potential market dynamic that could prove a positive for Treasuries later this year as the Federal Reserve. Um, starts to reinvest its holdings as opposed to uh, continuing to shrink its balance sheet. So that report is now on the Bloomberg Terminal. You can find it. It's uh, on either of our bios for Hugh Worthington, Stephen Chu, our other co-author, or myself, Ira Jersey. Uh, We hope that you'll take a look. We appreciate any feedback that you might have on that note. Uh, And we also uh, will be back with a external guest uh, on the Macro Matters edition of this podcast uh, in, in a week's time. So until then, Be well.